Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller's Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Just a heads up at the beginning of this podcast, uh, we've seen the film and we always talk about films having seen them, so spoilers for Sin City 2. Lloyd, have you been looking forward to this for years? <laughs> yeah, if our listeners of our podcast will know, in our upcoming podcast that we do um, pretty regularly, uh, I've always lo- I've had Sin City two twice because it's always been like, oh, we're going to make it, it's going ahead. Then Sonic has happened; they've had to postpone production, and then you know it happened again, and you know we're definitely going to make it this time. So that happened a couple of times. Finally, it's made; it's out there, and we watched it. I saw this at 2.30pm uh, in a theatre full of couples, just paired off people sitting together. It didn't strike me as a big date movie. Um, no, this film bombed um, at the theatre. It didn't do too well at, at all. I've got some stats on that. But uh, it was opened in Australia opposite Planes, the kids movie, and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was the competition. The first one had a budget of $40 million and made uh, over $158 million worldwide. Wow. H- huge success. Yeah. Which really makes you think you should do the next one sooner. Yeah, but, right away. <laughs> but the second one had a $60 million budget and it looks like it won't be making that back. How much did it make? Well, less than 60 I, I've got a couple of conflicting uh, amounts, but a 35 wow. sort of thing. Um at the moment but it's still out in cinemas so at the time of recording this it could still make some money back it's just i don't know we're gonna we're gonna see what we thought of it it's Um, unfortunate that it had all these production issues because the stories are written the books are right there you know there's no weight on the person to write the script and robert rodriguez is in my opinion the greatest economical director of all time he shoots scenes say mickey rourke and clive owen are in one scene he he shoots them and they've never met they were never there on the same day it's sublime i don't know any other director who can shoot like that um it's amazing and it's all in one room you know a green screen room um, which is now common nowadays, but when Sin City came out in, what was it, 06 or something, 07? 05. 05, wow. Um, it yeah. was just like, wow, we'd never seen anything like this. This is going to change the way movies are made. A lot of movies now are shot in a, in a green screen room, such as 300 and a couple others I can't think of. <laughs> um, but it didn't change the way movies were made you know i don't think there's many movies like sin city that came out in that comic book style maybe because the spirit failed so miserably which frank miller yeah which frank miller wrote the books of sin city he co-directed sin city one and he was given a budget and all these great actors and wonderful talented people to make a movie based on will eisner's classic comic book series the spirit and the movie was completely it was a complete disaster it is so awful i personally watch it because i think it's visually fantastic there's great special effects in it but it is a horrible horrible movie if i was a producer and you handed me a script 
by Frank Miller, and you're saying Frank Miller's going to d- direct. You got Samuel L. Jackson, the most beautiful ladies in the world, Ava Mendez, um, Scarlett Johansson. I'd be like, sign me up. Let's do this. Let's rock and roll. And it is a terrible movie. It did so bad that I think it was one of the main things responsible that that why Sin City Two took so long to to come around. There's um. A famous story about delaying Sin City 2 because uh, Angelina Jolie was going to play the dame. I heard that, yes. By, yep. Yeah, played by Ava Green here. Um, it would have been a very, very revealing role for Angelina Jolie. It's like yeah, very nude Exactly. I, I've had my big criticisms, uh, just getting away from that for a second, uh, with Jessica Alba because the character of Nancy is nude in the books. And I yep. think it's very important that because of the... How, how much nudity and violence there is in the movie. I think they did themselves a disservice by having Jessica Alba, who obviously won't go nude for the role cast in that role. They should have had somebody who w- would would have been willing to go nude just to, to suit the tone of the comic books and, and of the adaptation. But with Sin City 2... I think she did such an amazing job. There's much more dimensions to her, to her acting and uh, character here that I think she pulled off. I think she she did a, a pretty good job. I've always been critical of Jessica Alba. I think she's terrible in 90% of the movies she's been in, particularly Machete. I think Machete won. And I love Robert Rodriguez. Um, Dave and I have grown up with Robert Rodriguez. We've read the book um, Rebel Without a Crew. He's the biggest inspiration for us to become filmmakers. Um, you know, I I love everything he does. Like, I've navigated my whole life to be like him, you know what I mean? Like, all the special features on his DVDs. He goes on about editing, how to cook. I've learnt all the recipes on his DVDs. Well, not all of them, but two of the main ones, you know? <laughs> so he's a big hero to me, and I think he's just gone absolutely downhill with with the Machete movies. Um, I, I think they're terrible, awful movies. And um, But I do think Sin City 2, having been written by Frank Miller and based on the old books, I think it's actually pretty good. Well, Jessica Alba, in 2005, was a huge hot commodity. I think he he knew she wouldn't go nude, and he still wanted her in the film because it put butts in the seats. Great point. Nine years later, or eight years when they shot it, she's not as hot a commodity. She hasn't done anything great lately. But she's attached because you want to get as many of the original cast back as you can. Yep. The and delays and so forth put so many actors out of this movie. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things that hurt this movie. Correct. Zoolander famously opened after September 11, 2001, Lloyd. And that was because people still wanted to laugh and escape reality for two hours, okay? Phone booth was delayed when there was a sniper killing people randomly in the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a ton of violent beheadings going on overseas at the moment. And I'm not sure people want to go and see that for fun at the theatre. That's a really good point, Dave. This was a real issue for me. I, uh, I thought there was a lot of beheading, and I thought, oh, this film is such a downer. I, I get it. Like, Sin City's a bad place. That's fine. But the first film ended with such a hopeful Hardigan has saved Nancy story. You know, even though he had to kill himself, he'd had enough, you know, he wasn't going to stick around. He saved her. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This film was just negative. Yeah, it's, it's a really hard film to watch. And as well, she isn't saved. So therefore, you've wasted Bruce Willis's efforts in the first film. She's lost her mind. Yeah. 
So it, it, I, I, this, I, I haven't read all the Sin City books, which is really strange because I love the Sin City. I've read one to four. I, I think it's because the comic book store that I buy it at just didn't have five, six. And I think it goes up to seven, but seven's like a special edition. And I think that's why I just never bothered to read five and six purely because the comic book shop I had just didn't have it on the day I wanted to buy it. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure the Nancy story is written for this movie and the story with, um, oh my Joseph God, Gordon-Levitt. Jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt is written for this. And A Dame to Kill For, which is the title of this movie, is the second book in the series, which I've read several times. I think, personally, they should have made this movie one, a, a Dame to Kill For, purely a Dame to Kill For, no three, four story arcs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then they should have made the third movie all about Nancy taking down. I think that would have been much better. But I think Robert Rodriguez could see the writing in the wall that a third one wasn't going to happen. Let's wrap this up. So I, I'm, I, I really, really like Sin City 2, uh, although it's much of a downer. I just think it's a bit... Some of the story arcs, you're like, wow, that's great, but I don't care care so much about this one i want to watch the one with gordon levitt's or i don't care about the gordon levitt scene i am too I've, i was so much invested in a dame to kill for sort of like how we had um i think we talked about this with the dark knight returns um how the joker rises yeah oh, oh not, sorry the dark knight is the second one the, the second joker. one yeah i don't we might not have done the podcast on that movie but we did talk about no. it on the dark knight rises how we were so exhausted with the joker and then by the time two-face comes in you're like oh that's right we've got to wrap this storyline up you know and i felt a bit of the same with a dame to kill for you're like oh wow ava green in an incredible role i think she's one of the most beautiful women on the world and she did she's a marvelous like i just love it how daring she is she knows she's got a fantastic body and she can act okay what roles are out there for me (laughs) and i think she's perfectly cast in this movie just shows off um if you've you've read the books you know that that character is so beautifully written and so diabolical who could pull this off and i think they just found gold with ava green um i I just felt uh by the time that storyline ended i was so exhausted and i was like oh that's right we got nancy to go you know we still got that whole story arc and that seemed to drag on a little bit yeah, for me, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, great actor. We both enjoyed his directorial debut, Don John. We did an episode on the podcast about that. His story was pretty random, and I figured that he was the son of the senator. The middle part of this film, A Dame to Kill For, was so long, I thought. Yeah. That I, same problem. I, but I found myself going, where's Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and I thought you could have had that Christopher Lloyd scene in the middle somewhere to break it up. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of cut back just to give him, show him getting yeah. his hand fixed. Yeah. Um, just a quick side note, too, though. It was great seeing Doc from Back to the Future on screen <laughs> with Joe from Looper. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed that. But I thought the delays for Sin City 2, right... The window feels like it's closed for me. It took too long to come out. Nine years. Too much time has passed. And the audience, like you say, was wowed the first time around. It's supposed to have changed the game. And then seeing it this time, it's sort of like more of the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, The schedule on Sin City 2 was only 39 days, right? Which I feel like they could have done 39 days across the nine years with the actors they wanted. I can't imagine that Angelina Jolie would have done this, but playing Ava Green's character, the Dame, uh, that would have been, as I said, very revealing. But Empire Magazine reported that Ava Green was cast after they started shooting. So she was learning her lines on the plane. Wow. So 
like the whole film for me feels like a washed out version of the original because <laughs> it's like making cordial with very little concentrate you've got a bunch of actors who were in the original but they're not quite the same actors i suppose yeah uh, like the death of um uh, like two actors have actually died uh that were in the first one um and then in between the first one and the second one and they were of course the really beautiful girl who died tragically from a drug overdose oh my gosh i'm forgetting Brittany, her name. Um, Brittany murphy, Brittany murphy. <laughs> and uh the the guy from uh the green mile um Michael Clark Michael Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. And they were bo- I don't think they recast um, her role, uh, Brittany Murphy's role, but they definitely, of course, had to recast Michael Clark Duncan. And I, I Well, think- I don't think they did. I don't think they needed to. Yes. I think, look, his character died in the first one, apparently, and then he dies in this one too, like yep. the character of Minute. Yeah, uh, which- y- yeah, the chronology of the story, um, this is a prequel, um, A Dame to Kill For to what happened in um uh to what happened in the first movie i know it's it's all over the place i've read a few uh explanations of it but, okay <laughs> uh, but correct me if i'm wrong minute dies in the first film right? yes that's right right so he also dies in this film uh no he doesn't die in this film he just gets his eye ripped out okay which explains um, his uh, gold eye in the first movie all right I'm fine with that. Yep. But wouldn't it have been more respectful to the late Michael Clark Duncan if they just cast a different bouncer, like a different tough guy? What do you mean? Oh, like a completely different, not not have Minute, just a yeah. completely... Oh, I see. Just yeah. A different bodyguard. I didn't think of that at all. I, I Like adapting it, you'd want to be exactly the same as the story, but yeah, why not just change it? Like instead of Minute, it's a different character. Yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't think of that. This will bring me, Lloyd, to the new segment that we're calling The Punch-Up. Now, The Punch-Up is a segment where I'm trying to punch up a movie, make it better, improve what I think is wrong with it, uh, whether it's uh, editing, whether it's uh, cinematography, and this time it's about casting. For me, Josh Brolin is too similar to Mickey Rourke, and they could have been brothers in this film. After the surgery, he looks even more like Marv and even less like I was Clive hoping Owen. after the surgery it would have been Clive Owen. That they, oh, they, that would have been amazing. Oh, my gosh. I was hoping for that. Because Clive Owen's in this, isn't he? They've hidden it. They, they haven't put it in any of the press, any of the marketing. Nah. It's got to be... And it wasn't. <laughs> nah. It was a uh, shitty-looking Josh Brolin trying to look like Clive Owen. It's so weird because Robert Rodriguez can get anyone. You, you just come in for half a day. Yeah, we'll, we'll do all these scenes in half a day. It's just weird how they couldn't get Clive Owen. That's it. He was filming The Nick, so therefore you couldn't get him. But that was like... It's across eight years and stuff. You've got... Grab your 39 days, just spread them around. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're Robert on Rodriguez. <laughs> exactly. God, Clive Owen was such a different Dwight, and that worked really well last time. The but casting is wouldn't wrong. Wouldn't that have here. been amazing? Like, like, it's okay having Josh Brolin, but then after the facial surgery and everything, have have Clive Owen there. Like, it would have made, yep. wow, you know, light bulbs would have been flashy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Look, don't get me wrong. Uh, Brolin's a good actor. Yeah, I, I love Brolin. Him in- yep. Men in Black 3, How w- Do You Know My Name? W, a very underrated movie. George W. Bush, and No Country for Old Men. Oh, yeah. This doesn't work. Uh, look, I was thinking who I would cast. If you can't get Clive Owen, who I would put in this film to substitute. And I came up with a couple. Uh, I thought Michael Fassbender probably could have done this and done a slightly more Britishy kind of Clive Owen-y impression. 
or Johnny Depp, who already has a relationship with Robert Rodriguez from Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, he probably could have done a great version of Dwight, a Clive Owen-esque of Dwight. Uh, they offered Johnny Depp a role that the role that Joseph Gordon-Levitt played, um, but he should have really been Dwight. Uh, and you guys can figure this out with me. Am I wrong? Take a swing back at facebook.com slash podme if you can. Uh, they also Lord. recast the um, the martial arts girl. Uh, apparently, that's um, uh, Frank Miller. She was pregnant. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> that's Frank Miller's favorite character as well. Okay, yeah, uh, Devon Naoki or something. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. I believe she was replaced due to pregnancy. Lloyd, I nearly laughed out loud at one point in this film, and that was when it showed a shot of Nancy staring at the senator through the massive gaping hole in the wall. <laughs> uh, I felt like he should have turned and been like, what? what do you want? <laughs> hey, was- are you going to get the drink suit, darling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was such a gaping hole. There was light on her face, and he was massive in the frame. It was just like there was something wrong with that shot. And that stuff wasn't based on anything they could have done whatever they wanted there like <laughs> you know what i mean that wasn't based on a graphic novel that no. was written for this story <laughs> i nearly I, burst out laughing i love um uh, joseph gordon levitt's uh, character and his whole side story how th- it's just so like he has a big statement a big howl at, at, at the uh, at this invincible force you know, before he gets shot up and destroyed, it's like you know he's swearing at the gods. You know that that's his whole. That's how I read the whole story arc. And there's nothing he can do. He's cursed from birth, sort of thing. But by being the son of um, the bastard son, is it bastard son? Or what? Well, well, you know the 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 adopt. Well, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> and I yeah. love that scene where he's all beat up and he walks in. And he sees Lady Gaga, I think, who plays the waitress. Yeah, and he gives yeah. her the doll and he goes, "Lady, this." Uh, ma'am this will take me to the moon i love that and he goes in there gets all this money and then plays the game he beats um senator rourke and it's one of the most i'm a poker player i play um texas holden and stud poker the dumbest movies you can always tell a dumb movie that made by people who's never played poker when it ends with with a winning hand of four aces and four kings it's like oh come on guys <laughs> i know this is a comic book but a full hand beating a three of a kind or sonic like that i'll, I'll accept a straight flush but never four of a kind you know um oh, it's just like that stupid the odds are very against it yeah. yeah just like that stupid movie uh with mel gibson on um maverick Pope, maverick oh <laughs> god give me a break Go watch um, Rounders. I I do enjoy the scene in Maverick where he throws the card in slow motion, though. Like, uh, (laughs) as a shot. I enjoyed that. I like like the scenes where he's cutting the deck in half and he's trying to, you know, think of the the card that he wants, you know? (laughs) The Mm. ESP. Mm -hmm. I find myself doing that a lot. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I, I, I love that story arc, just the nothingness of it, the emptiness, and that ugly feeling you were talking about, Dave, how the girlfriend's dead and you just see her hands cut off, and it just implies... And her head. And her head. And they roll, they roll her yes, head. Yes, they roll her head, and it just has that, that feeling that we're all going under now with the coming of ISIS and all this terrorist things that's happening. Yes, it is ugly, and it is really depressing. And that's why it's not making money, in no, my opinion. No, exactly, but- yeah that and the like the cast isn't right but yeah. anyway uh i i did think the lady gaga cameo was interesting but probably fair enough because robert rodriguez put fergie in uh, planet terror so like he probably quite enjoys throwing a 
a singer in and <laughs> yeah. an debut. You we'll know? cram it with as much as possible. I feel like that's what he's doing with a lot of his movies, particularly Machete and Machete 2. You know, people are going to see it just because the trailer is so good. And I think he said this in a, a audio commentary um I think it was Planet Terror, how he goes on about with the Grindhouse movies. You see trailers for it and he goes, oh, wow, all these stars are in it. And when you actually watch the movie, they're only in it for a couple of minutes. And I think that's what Robert Rodriguez is going for with a lot of his later films. In the beginning of the film, we see Marv going after those frat boys. And I think the first line of the movie is something like, what am I doing here at the start? Which is a classic noir mechanic where you have a character not remembering what happened, how they got there. Right. And then there's a scene later where Dwight's like, what am I doing, smoking and drinking and stuff? I found it kind of annoying to have multiple characters not knowing what they're doing. <laughs> it made me wonder what I was doing watching this film. I was like, <laughs> what, are, what are we all doing? You know? <laughs> Just... Anyway, so if it's a prequel, right? Dwight's character's saying he doesn't want to let the monster out, and he's yelling like Bruce Banner at the side of the road. So he's talking about some time before this when he did something that we never get to know yeah i haven't again i haven't read five and six of the graphic novels but that uh, so far reading one to four it's never explained the backstory before a dame to kill for because um broads and booze and broads or whatever that um sub story is in uh sin city one where he goes into old town and helps out the girls takes those bodies to the old pit that's the sequel that's that's later yeah, yeah that's later yeah Exactly. So I was wondering the whole time what he did before this, mm-hmm. but it's never really paid off either. Yep. He's obviously Which, had yeah, a history with the girl. Um, I think he's been in war of some sort, you know. And I, th- I think in the book, geez, I've read it several times, I should know this really well, that he's actually an old-time friend with uh, Mickey Rourke's character. Um, and in this movie, it, it's implied they just met at that bar, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was different. Yeah. I, I guess... That made me feel more detached from the characters when you don't get to know that much about them. I know it's based on a graphic novel and that, you know, they're cartoony and everything like that. But anyway, Ava Green's character of the Dame, crazy amount of nudity, but I thought it was pretty well shot. I think uh, great cinematography and that Rodriguez shoots nudity and uh, sex scenes very well. Yeah, I love it when she comes out of the bath and she he goes, it's all for theatrics and the steam rising yep. like she's this you know I, I, the line is used several times in the movie where she's this diabolical god goddess you know coming out seducing men it was just great and they give her a really beautiful death because the whole movie you get these crazy action scenes of heads being severed i think they went a bit over top um in this a couple of times with it and then it's just a simple bullet that you see off screen that he shoots her in the stomach and yeah. she dies so she's given a really beautiful death sort of thing despite her face being a bit bloody hmm the goddess makes slaves of men. Yeah. <laughs> she devoured all of you. Yeah. What is this chick got beer flavored nipples or something? <laughs> um, that's a quote from 10 Things I Hate About You, if anyone's interested. Um, I thought it was funny, though. My wife leaned over during the film and she goes, is she allergic to clothes or something? Because of the amount of times she was just nude in the background, <laughs> you know, just casually made me laugh. She'd never seen my wife had never seen the first Sin City uh, so I think it was still kind of magical for her with the special effects and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, did you see this in 3D? No, I did not. I watched it in 3D and it was awesome in 3D, but I don't think you needed to see this movie at all in 3D. <laughs> yeah, I 
I didn't feel like you needed to, but it was was it mostly the rain, snow background? Yeah, the, stuff? the rain, the snow, the background, like uh, that opening you were talking about, where a Marv crashes through and all this glass breaks mm-hmm. out, breaks away, like as if he's crashing through a window. Um, yeah, that all breaks towards you. It's really cool, and, and especially the steam scene where Ava Green comes out and out of that steam bath towards the end. Um, that oh, yeah. was really cool. Like the vapors and everything were all around you. So yeah, maybe you should see this in three D. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it improves it. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think as much of it, I guess. Um, uh, but it was stuff like, all right, Ray Liotta's character and Josh Brolin's character are both kicked in the nuts. You know, there's a, a lot of ball kicking in Sin Cities. <laughs> um, Minute has his eye ripped out. Yeah. Dwight gets shot in the eye. Jeremy Piven's character gets shot in the eye. And P.S. What a what a crap role for Jeremy Piven this was, <laughs> replacing Michael Madsen and being in like two scenes. Going, you got to get over this broad. <laughs> uh, was that Michael Madsen's character? Yeah, pr- apparently. Oh, okay. Which, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Damn it. Yeah, they said it's in the IMDb trivia or something that Jeremy Piven replaced Michael Madsen. Oh, why couldn't they get Michael Madsen? Maybe exactly. He's on, maybe he's put on too much weight or something. I don't know. Oh, look. Nevertheless, just don't make it the same character if you can't get the same I, character. I love that 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 sub story in the book. Like when you read, and even in the movie, when he's when that detective goes crazy over this girl, shoots his partner, realizes what he's done, he's divorced his wife, and then he shoots himself. That was awesome. I thought, wow. That guy, though, was it Mort? I yeah. think he's Mort the cop. Yeah. Um, why was he getting so crazy turned on? Like, the disturbing scene when she describes the rape. Yeah. And then he's just, like, so into it, he has to sleep with her right there and then. And, and he's I was such like, a oh. straightforward ace detective, and I think it just shows how much uh, a guy like that can just be seduced by this girl. Like, we're just... You know, she, no one's invincible to a charm sort of thing, except for the rock solid dude played by, um, geez, uh, Powers Booth, I think. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't think Powers he's Booth. He's the senator, isn't Yeah, he? he's the senator. You know that rock sort of guy? He's played by a famous actor as well. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. I've got the, the cut. What does he do in the film, the like, rock sort of guy? Yeah, it's Ava Green um, calls him in sort of thing to take out Old Town, you know, sort of tries to persuade him that you know oh the guy who looks like Jabba the Hutt yeah <laughs> alright well I, I was thinking Stacey Keach Stacey Keach my he God. plays Wallenquist or Wallenquist yep we just did a review on our, our YouTube channel uh, Militia which uh, he stars in I can't believe I just forgot his name but yeah Stacey Keach Wallenquist yeah um, I, I think he's the only character that can't, that is not seduced at all by a charms or whatever that's implied in the book I, I'm pretty sure he obviously is in the comics, a character in the comics, and I don't think he should have been in this film at all, and he offered nothing from that one scene he was in. Yeah. It was nonsense. I was like, oh, who's this guy? Like, because I haven't read that comic, I'm like, <laughs> watching it, you know, through the prism of not knowing he's an important character or whatever. Yeah, but, he's like a tough gangster from out of town. But unnecessary in this. Anyway, also, I mean, I suppose that the Marv and Nancy story makes no sense, really, because Marv was executed and the Nancy story takes place much later, you would think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do have a solution for that. Uh, I've been reading some IMDb message boards and um, Alex DeLarge is the IMDb user I've um, found. Alex DeLarge, 18. Uh, he's written, it's not real, it all takes place in her head. She has a nightmare where Rourke visits and threatens her with a knife and tells her that she'll scream. 
Later, when Nancy is about to kill him in the mansion, he says to her, after he shot her, I told you you'd scream. Only problem is, he never said that to her, only in the dream. Also, that's why... Uh, why does Rourke see Hardigan's ghost reflected in the mirror? And Marv is also alive, although he should be dead because he dies in the hard goodbye. So that makes me think Nancy is really insane and all the events take place in her head. Oh, interesting. So it's got an all a dream ending, maybe, Lloyd. <laughs> Which you've got to love, don't you? Yeah. No, I'm trying to piece it all together. Maybe the long goodbye is taken after. No, it is before. Now, now well, I'm totally tortured. I've got to reread that again, the chronology. Another thing I thought was really weird the first time around was that he has a photo of the yellow bastard on his desk of his son. And I can't remember now, but it might have been during that dream, if this Jessica Alba part was a dream. Uh, because I kept thinking, why wouldn't he put a photo before he became a yellow freak? You know what I mean? <laughs> why would he have framed a picture of his son to remind him what he became why yeah. wouldn't he want to remember him before that you know so if that was within the dream sequence as well supposed dream sequence then um you know that would make sense that would you know the photo on the desk my favorite shot of the film was the one where bruce willis appeared in the broken mirror yeah and i wish that he hadn't spoken a word and just been floating in the background yes that would have been so much cooler yes but his little i can't help nancy bits i was like yeah come on (laughs) (laughs) i like i like the mechanic of the ghost a lot of classic stories always use the ghost you know and um as a driving force for you know to help either to help him out or you know as as this you know i guess i'm quite i'm thinking of hamlet here as the person who tells him you know what's actually happened but in this movie it's i don't think she can actually see hardigan he's just a spirit that's there watching her and i thought that was really cool but as I said, he shouldn't have spoken. Yeah, he shouldn't have spoken. You've got to keep that, you know, that mystery, that illusion, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm glad I saw it, but I'm not in a rush to see it again. That's, <laughs> as I said, I, I, I personally loved it. I, I thought it was really good. But yeah, there's a, I, I, th- I think they should have made a third one and then just focus this movie on a dame to kill for but obviously that's not going to happen with how long it took between sin city one and two all the recasting really hurt this movie um but i'm just happy it's out there i had a lot of fun watching it and i'm definitely gonna uh, i've definitely learned a lot of things from it that i'm gonna rip off and use in my own short films (laughs) (laughs) oh this rotten town it soils everybody (laughs) maybe some of the well look joseph gordon levitt didn't go in guardians of the galaxy to be in this film really who was he casting for guardians of the galaxy presumably the chris pratt role no really presumably yeah wow you know i'm not sure that information's out there but um that's my guess the chris pratt role i guess yeah there was just no hopeful kind of outcome to this and especially if it's even more meaningless when she cuts her face and then has the big revenge plot if that's just a dream that makes it even worse <laughs> for me but i guess it means that next film jessica alba could come back without the cut-up face do you think they're gonna make a third one no i don't think yeah. so i think it would take a new comic that everyone was very excited about for it to happen yeah i think if they've if they've cherry-picked the best source material from the existing comics then there's nothing left it's just bones yeah and especially if they're writing new story threads um, to this one, then yeah, they're they're done uh, adapting the what's left of the comics. 
Guys, we're running a competition at the moment to win a DVD prize pack and some Pod Me If You Can merchandise. The letter for this anagram competition is E. Unscramble, uh, grab all the letters since the 100th episode and unscramble the name of the actor or actress and uh, send us, uh, write to us on Facebook, send us a message, and if you solve it, you win. Lloyd, um, next time we're going to watch a film we really should have seen by now. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it is, but um, <laughs> people won't be able to believe that you haven't seen it. <laughs> You'll be able to defend yourself, though, of course. Uh, you guys can find lots more from us at www.podmeifyoucan.com. Lloyd, pleasure talking about this film. Finally good to wrap it up. Yeah, it's awesome, Dave. Yeah. Thanks, Eve, guys. for listening please like us on facebook and follow us on twitter go to www.podmeifyoucan.com pod me if you can movie reviews